Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So we are looking into week four of our series, and we have looked at um, inviting and investing in people and to getting them to imagine what the life with God could look like. We've looked at the Good Samaritan and what we can learn from him and, and how to care for others. And last week, we talked about going the extra mile and the importance of serving others and serving in the house of the Lord. This week, we want to look at becoming welcoming, becoming welcoming. What does it look like to welcome others and be welcoming to others and loving others. Welcoming people of other different ways of life that live different than us. What's it like to welcome people who have different beliefs than us, who live a different style of life? What is it like welcoming people in a church that look different and act different than us? That's what we're going to look at this morning, of, of loving on other people and being welcoming being welcoming. We've all been to situations, we've all been to uh, dinners or barbecues or hangouts where you walk in and you're like, man, it feels so good to be here. And also you get in and it feels not so welcoming. And most times we call those family reunions. I'm just teasing. It seemed really like tense in the room. So I thought if I get you to laugh about your own family, then maybe we'll be ready to roll. And so how is it that we can be welcoming to others? How can it be? See, we have to realize that Jesus came to love others. He came to pour his life out. John 3.16, it's the most quoted verse in the Bible. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then he goes into verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We see in verse 16 that it says, whoever, whoever, whoever believes in him. Do you know that whoever looks different than I do? Do you know whoever can believe different things than I believe? Whoever doesn't come from my family, whoever comes from all over, but whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus came to love and to save. And one of the ways he did this, one of the ways that he saved other people, one of the ways he invested into other people's lives, that he loved other people, that he served other people, that he was welcoming to other people, was he actually hung out with them. I know it's a brand new revelation this morning. He hung out with them. Jesus didn't just hang out with people that believed in him. He hung out with those who didn't. We read in Luke 5, verse 27 to 32, it says this. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, who we know as Matthew, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me. Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left 
everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sector complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, not, sorry, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's interesting how we still hear these words today. We still hear uh, people complaining of like, why are you, why are you spending time with them? What about us? What about us? Why is Jesus spending time with them? This is what the Pharisees, the religious people today, why is he spending time with them? Why? And what they're not saying, but it's underlined, is why isn't he with us? Why isn't he doing what we're doing? Why is he living a different way? You see, Matthew was a tax collector. So in those days, he was an outcast from his family and community. Kind of like some of the tax people today. I'm just joking. No, but we have to realize... So in this time, in Jesus' days, as a Jewish person, they would become a tax collector and collect taxes on behalf of the Romans. So this is why when we see that there was tax collectors and sinners there, they were separated because a tax collector was on a different level. Not only were they a tax collector, and most of them took extra money for themselves, but they were classified as a traitor because they joined forces with the Romans, and they worked for the Romans. So what we have to realize is when we see that they're listed as a tax collector and sinners, the tax collectors was a whole whole other level, because they were one of them who became a traitor and was working for the other ones, for the Romans. And so when we see that Matthew and his friends were there, they're all together, we have to understand that all his friends would have been tax collectors, because all of his friends before he became a tax collector would have got rid of him. They would have had nothing to do with him. So when Jesus is welcomed to his house and Matthew wants to throw him this big banquet because Matthew would have wealth. Because again, the tax collectors took extra. So while he sits down with them, the Pharisees see this and they see the Pharisees would have nothing to do with the tax collector. They would have nothing to do with sinners. And here is Jesus sitting down, having dinner with them. Why do you eat and drink with those people? See, Matthew's friends, they were the outcasts as well. They were the ones that people looked down on. So who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with? Because see, as Jesus was hanging out with them, the Pharisees wouldn't because in their day, it would be like tainting their own reputation. If I had dinner with a tax collector, then everybody would think I'm one of them, I support them. If I had dinner with a sinner, then everybody would believe I'm doing what they do. And now I understand that we teach our children, hey, the friends that you hang around with are who you will become. And I get that. And I warn my children the same thing. But there has to become a stage in our lives, in our adult life especially, where we become the influencers. And that I'm able to sit with a non-believer and influence them. 
And this is where Jesus was at. Jesus was at a place where he could sit down and he could hang out with sinners and people could accuse him of things and he was okay with it because he knew his character. He knew his integrity. And he could share the love of God with them. See, I understand that we need to connect and we've gone through a season where it's so hard. And I know that we need to encourage one another to connect to each other and be together. And when we come together, the idea of gathering together is to build each other up. And that's why we feel we need to connect all the time, which is healthy and it's right. But we have to remember that we're encouraged to gather together to encourage one another so then we can go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's meant for. It's not meant for us to gather together, encourage one another, and then figure out the next time we get together to encourage one another again. We need to encourage each other so that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can be welcoming to others. Jesus continually showed us why he came to earth. He showed us his mission. And we're going to talk about his mission this morning and how he was welcoming to people that others weren't. You see, Jesus demonstrated mercy to those who didn't deserve mercy and whose hearts come running to the doctor. They didn't deserve mercy, but they came to Jesus. The first one we're going to look at is a man with leprosy, and we see this in Luke 5, verse 12. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Now you have to realize, if Jesus was in one of those towns, the man with leprosy wasn't supposed to be in there. So him even showing up is putting him in danger. He shows up knowing that this man, this man named Jesus, can do something. And so he shows up, and here's what we have to realize. That sometimes when people different than us, that don't know about Jesus, but are interested or seeking or not sure, just they've tried everything else, and everything else just is falling apart. So the last straw, the bottom of the barrel... They're going to try Jesus. And we have to realize the guts it takes for them to show up. The guts it takes for them to actually ask you a question. If you're praying for a coworker or a friend or a family or a family member or a neighbor, and all of a sudden they ask you a question, our response cannot come across any sort of judgmental. It has to come across in love Because this person has probably wrestled for weeks, if not months, on how to ask you a question. The courage, the guts that it's taken. And this man presses through. He says, when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Listen to this. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer sacrifices to Moses. After the sacrifices, Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news of him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him. And he healed their sickness But Jesus would often withdraw to lonely places and pray. 
So see, right there, it is important for us to gather, encourage one another, but to go back out. To go back out. The man with leprosy asked God, if you are willing, if you are willing, we know that he's willing. But your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, they don't know that he's willing. And they're asking you, are you willing just to answer a question? Are you willing to spend some time with me? Are you willing to have conversation with me? See, we have to realize as Jesus reached out and touched this man, just by touching the man, Jesus made himself in their society unclean. Because if you touched a leper, you had to actually separate yourself to make sure that you didn't have leprosy. They were worried about how they would impact them. And Jesus reaches out and touches his hand and touches his life and impacts his life forever. Jesus touched the man and was not affected. But by touching, that man was affected. What lives can you touch that will cause an effect into their life for eternity, into their family's lives, into their children's lives, their grandchildren's lives, just by being welcoming? Matthew 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth. We are supposed to bring an effect to situations. See, God's mission in this situation is healing. He came to bring healing. Jesus shows us the mission with the woman caught in adultery. In John 8, you can read how this woman is caught into the act of adultery, it says. She's caught in the act of adultery, and she's dragged in front of Jesus. Now, first off, if she's caught in the act of adultery, my question is, where's the guy? It's only a lady that's dragged out in front of Jesus. She's dragged out. As she's thrown in front of Jesus, he just bends down and he starts writing in the sand and drawing in the sand. And many people have different ideas of what he was doing. But they're asking him, what should be done to this woman? What should be done? Well, the law is very clear. The law is very clear. Stone her. She is supposed to be killed. It's a simple answer. That is the answer. But Jesus gets up. And we read it in John 8, 7. He says this. Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. God's mission is forgiveness. And the scripture says that slowly everyone walked away. Slowly everyone walked away. And we need to think as people begin to walk into this building and, and walk into your lives that we can't look with our own eyes. We have to look with the eyes of Jesus. Because it doesn't matter what their appearance looks like. It doesn't matter what we think they're involved in. It doesn't matter what we think they are doing. God's answer to us is he who is without sin. We might not throw physical rocks. But if we're honest with each other, we've actually probably thrown verbal rocks. If not, verbal looks, or sorry, rock looks. 
How many of us know we can give a look that can crush somebody? When people begin to walk into this building because they're seeking Jesus, we need to make sure that they see Jesus and they feel Jesus when they come into this place. Because Jesus' mission is forgiveness. Remember, he came not to condemn, but to love and to save. Matthew five fourteen. it goes on and it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. We are to shine light. I love the way the message says this. It says, You're here to be a light. Bring out the God colors in the world. Bring out the God colors in the world. Show them something different. God's color and mission is forgiveness. The third one is the tax collector named Zacchaeus. We can read in Luke 19, Jesus is passing through Jericho and a crowd is gathered to see and hear him. And as he's walking, this Zacchaeus, another tax collector, hears of Jesus and wants to see him, but he's a short little guy. And so he climbs a tree to see. For the record, I've never had to climb a tree to see. So he's a wee little guy. He has to climb a tree to see this. And what happens is as he's looking to see Jesus, guess what happens? Jesus sees him. Jesus sees him, and he calls out to him, and he does something that many of us think would not be okay, but he invites himself over for lunch. Can you imagine just right now on a Sunday morning, I just point out one of you and say, hey, I'm coming to your house for lunch. Jesus just says, I'm coming to your house for lunch, and they go and they sit down and they're eating together, and again, he's got all his friends there. This is what's amazing to me in this story. Jesus is just having lunch. It doesn't say that Jesus talked to him. It doesn't say that Jesus taught him anything. All it says is he's at his house eating. And Zacchaeus stood up and tells Jesus and everyone around that he's going to give the money back plus more. I don't see Jesus teaching him anything. It's just his presence. Sure, they probably were talking. Sure, they were doing something. But just the presence of Jesus can change hearts. God's mission is salvation. So everything that we do should lead us to salvation. Number four is the woman at the well. And if you're here or you're listening online and and you're trying to figure out this life with Jesus, and you're like, well, I just need to get my life together a little bit more before I commit my heart to the Lord. Jesus talks to this woman at the well. And as he's talking to her, in John 4, you can read that John records that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman, which we talked about the learning from the Samaritan and understanding how they don't even get along. So here's a lady, and Jesus tells her about her own life, that she has had multiple husbands and is currently living with a man who she's not married to. Here's a lady who's living in a mess. A lady who believes she knows 
how and where to even worship, and Jesus reveals everything. And yet, in her mess, in a moment of her life where many of us might be like, well, I'm not worthy to have a relationship with Jesus, or we've heard people joke that if I walk through the doors of the church, I'll get struck with lightning. But Jesus meets her. He goes to her, and he talks to her. Do we have a heart and eyes of Jesus to see people the way he sees them, to go to them, to spend time with them? See, the disciples were shocked when they came back because he was talking to a Samaritan woman. And you have to realize this Samaritan woman ran back into her city and told everybody about Jesus. Jesus' mission is for everyone. It's for everyone. Again, we are supposed to bring out God colors in every situation. And the fifth one I want to talk to you about is the woman who touched the hem of his garment. The woman who touched the hem of his garment. We read in Luke 8, 43 and 44 that as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been a subject of bleeding for 12 years, and no, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his coat, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Again, she would have been classified as unclean, so she wasn't supposed to be there. And it says that the crowd was so big that it almost crushed Jesus. And here's this lady that's pushing her way through. Sick. Tired. Frustrated. Doesn't know what else to do. She's pushing her way through a crowd she's not supposed to be in. She doesn't belong. She's actually told not to be there. When the crowd's that tight and she's trying to make her way through, I sometimes wonder if the reason she touched the edge of it is because the only way she could get through was on her hands and knees. Again, I can't prove that. But it makes me wonder, how did she get through a crowd? She worked hard. She pushed hard. She didn't give up. And when she was able to reach and just touch, her prayer was answered. Her prayer was answered. For us in this room, and maybe the ones listening online, if you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, whatever the situation in your life, are you desperate enough for a touch from God that you would press through a crowd? A crowd that you don't believe you're supposed to be in. This morning, maybe for the believers in the room, if there's a need that you have, how hard are you pressing? Can I encourage you maybe just to press a little bit more? Chad, I'm pressing as hard as I can, and I believe that. Then find a couple people around you to pray with you to help you press in more. But don't give up, because all you need is just a touch of the hem of his garment, just the edge. 
And when we see people walk in to this place or into our lives, and we don't understand how hard they have been pushing, my prayer is that our heart is welcoming them to a point where they see Jesus. God's mission is for healing. His mission is for forgiveness. His mission is for salvation. And his mission is for all, for everyone. There is a reason that the most quoted Bible verse is John 3.16. And it's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whosoever, whosoever will admit that they're sick spiritually, whosoever will run to the great physician and say, Jesus, only you can heal my soul. Whosoever will receive the perfect righteousness available only through Jesus, the love our God who eats with sinners. So will each and every one of us, are we willing to join God on his mission? Are you willing to join with God to bring healing and forgiveness and salvation to everyone? Will you be welcoming to allow others to be healed, forgiven, and saved? Let's all be welcoming and join God on his mission to save the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. And Father, I pray that every one of us will never get in your way. Lord, that you will give us eyes to see and hearts to feel and to believe in people the way you do. And Father, help us to bring healing to people's lives. Help us to restore them to you. Help us to bring forgiveness and salvation into their hearts. Lord, I pray that you don't use the person beside me. You use me. Yes, use them. But Lord, use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 